Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Revolutionary Ideas, the monthly Marxist podcast from Socialist Alternative. In this episode, we'll be discussing a recently printed pamphlet from Socialist Alternative, a classic reprint of Leon Trotsky's Marxism in Our Time. This work, itself written as an introduction to an abridged version of Marxist capital, carries some essential lessons for us as we fight and struggle against capitalist oppression today. To explain why, I'll pass over to our host, Tom. But first, if you want to get your own copy of this pamphlet, which you definitely should, you will see details on how to order it in the caption or in the description. Please get in touch to buy your own. It's only £3. Now, over to you, Tom. Today, we're going to be discussing Leon Trotsky's classic work, Marxism in Our Time, which Socialist Alternative has uh, recently republished. We think the pamphlet has a lot of very important lessons that are carried over uh, for us today. Uh, It's certainly a piece of work that's useful for us and for anybody who wants to carry the ideas of Marxism into the 21st century. These are ideas that Socialist Alternative uh, thinks still have a lot of relevance for us uh, today. Here with us today we have two panellists. We have Becky Heaney, who's from the Political Committee of Socialist Alternative, as well as our uh, regular panellist, Connor. So I just want to start off with a couple of questions. I mean, one of the main things that Trotsky really sets out to do in Marxism in our time is to explain Marxist ideas, what they meant at a time when the world was changing quite rapidly. It changed a lot since the end of Marx's life. So what exactly was the context that he wrote this in and what types of issues did Marxists have to take up at the time? Yeah, so this um, pamphlet was written originally as um, an introduction to an edition of Marx's Capital. And so it focuses a lot on kind of some of the economic questions and uh, points that Marx makes um, in Capital, but is also kind of dealing with a question at the time which gets asked a lot today is what you said about whether Marx and his ideas are still relevant and given how much had changed in the world from when Marx was writing in the 1800s compared to 1939 when uh, when this was written and I think that's a question that a lot of people ask uh, today and I think particularly, um, you know, at times of crisis, people are trying to search for answers and are looking at kind of, um, yeah, old ideas. Are they still relevant today or do we need need like a new new approach? But I guess like in terms of the, the context, what kind of issues, you know, Trotsky was having to deal with, this was, as I said, in 1939. And so you had, this was at, like at the end of the, what was known as the Great Depression, which existed throughout the 1930s after the Wall Street crash in 1929. And throughout that decade, really, there'd been um, things like mass unemployment. And there'd been very big uh, class struggles, like the audience of uh, this pamphlet is mainly um, people in the US, but you'd seen in the US um, throughout the 1930s, like very big strikes, like the Teamsters um, strikes in the 1930s, the sit-down strikes. Um, you'd seen, um, you know, internationally things like 
pretty much for the whole of the 1930s, you had the civil war in Spain, you had the coming to power of the Nazis um, in, in Germany. And really that period was one of mass upheaval, uh, very big inequality that existed within society and different ways in which the capitalist class was trying to deal with the crisis that existed in, in the economy, but also socially and politically. So you have the example that's referred to in the pamphlet of the New Deal in the US, um, which kind of aimed at um, you know job creation, trying to increase state spending to deal with the issue of like mass unemployment um, and low productivity. Um, but also like on the other side, you had um, fascism, the common, you know, the rise of fascism, which was another way in which the ruling class was trying to deal with um, the crisis by increasing repression and trying to, you know, smash the working class organisations. Internationally, there was, you know, in 1939, this was the interwar period, but things were already developing in a certain way, going towards the outbreak um, of the, the Second World War. And you had the existence of the Soviet Union, um, how that had kind of degenerated, but that was a big threat to capitalism. But also you had the social democratic parties were in crisis as well. You know, none of them were really given a lead to the working class in terms of like the types of movements that were necessary to deal with this crisis. So a lot basically was going on um, uh, in the, in this period. And Trotsky, I guess, is trying to deal with a number of these different issues in uh, in in this text. I think um, this point about the kind of two methods the capitalist class was looking at, both kind of New Deal type measures and fascism, on the other hand, kind of concessions and repression. I think that's a really important dynamic and it kind of rests as well just on how huge the crisis for capitalism was at this time, um, especially uh, with issues like unemployment, where you had this whole layer of people in society that were uh, kind of declassed. You had, uh, you know, a lot of uh, former workers who'd been long term unemployed by this point, uh, ruined kind of layers of petty bourgeois. And, and that kind of really defined things like fascism, which relied on a movement of these kinds of layers in society to build a movement to crush the working class. And fascism was obviously something Marx didn't talk about uh, per se back in his time. He didn't write on fascism because fascism wasn't a thing. You had certain kind of authoritarian regimes, um, kind of Bonapartist regimes, like that of Napoleon Bonaparte himself, actually. But they were in a very different situation still on the basis of a capitalism that was actually developing still and taking society forward uh, and without the need to react against these huge movements of the working class that were threatening to overthrow capitalism. Marx didn't himself talk about that exactly. It's only still through looking at things through a kind of Marxist analysis that you'd be able to understand that, the kind of social forces that were at play, the, bro the broader kind of context in the situation with the economy and in society you know even 50 or even 150 years later Marxism in that sense is still incredibly relevant. I think lots of very good points have already been made here I think like 
one issue that Trotsky really goes into and really delves into quite deeply, an issue that he had to respond to during his life, uh, was the rise of fascism. Fascism, in terms of how it emerged, fundamentally was really a response to the threat of revolution, particularly um, workers' revolution, socialist revolution uh, across Europe. Fascism emerged in Italy, but that wasn't just out of some kind of vacuum. It didn't just appear out of thin air. It was in response to the movements uh, of the working class that had emerged in that country at that time. You know, in 1920, 1921, there was a very explosive movement of the working class in the form of uh, the factory occupations, particularly across northern Italy. Uh, you know, organisations and, and, and occupations, the formation of councils that in many ways actually resembled uh, the Soviets of the Russian Revolution. Uh, and, and fascism was fundamentally a response of the Italian uh, ruling class or a section of it and the landowners uh, to an emboldened uh, working class and peasantry. But one thing that Trotsky wants to get across, and very correctly so, is that the phenomenon of fascism wasn't unique to these countries individually. It had to be seen uh, in, in the context of the character of the 1930s, a, a decade of revolutionary upheavals, but also of a, a leadership of the workers' movement that could not give leadership, that was chronically unable uh, to do that. You know, we're talking here about Stalinism, talking about social democracy, reformism. You know, these were uh, forces within the workers' movement that objectively held things back, that acted uh, in, a, in, a, in a very conservative way. So it meant that when these movements were pushed back by that, by that misleadership, fascism was emboldened to go on the offensive. And I think, you know, there, there are certain points of comparison that we can relate to the world around us uh, today. You know, the pandemic has had an effect of, you know, rapidly destabilising capitalism. It's brought forth all of the kinds of inequalities and kinds of exploitations that exist uh, within capitalist uh, society. Obviously, you know, there was going to be a crisis of, the, of this type anyway, but COVID has, uh, has, has sped that up significantly. We shouldn't say that fascism is immediately uh, on the agenda in the world right now. The, the the scale of capitalist crisis hasn't quite reached those proportions. But there are emerging right-wing uh, political forces in a number of countries uh, around the world. You know, the most uh, obvious, the most famous of those would be uh, Trump, the obviously now the, the former president of the United States, but also in figures like Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister of India, uh, uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil, uh, to 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 a you know an even greater extent potentially, uh, but in the U.S. you know ob obviously the, the 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 papers and the and the news was full of the news about the storming of the Capitol building in Washington D.C. You know you've really seen a certain emboldening of the existing far right. You know uh, essentially fascist organizations like the Proud Boys. You know uh, right wing kind of paramilitary organizations um, who are going to use this as an excuse to uh, you you know, to recruit and to build potentially based on the kind of lies that they'll uh, spread through US society. But there is also a radicalization uh, to the left among a big proportion of American uh, workers uh, and young people, which was seen in the form of the uh, the Black Lives Matter rebellion uh, this, well, last, uh, last summer. So I guess this relates to a question that maybe Becky can go into a little bit. Um, because I, you know, I've been going into their comparisons that can be made between today's time and and the time that Trotsky was writing in the 1939, um, and I think one thing that is really 
kind of connected in terms of today and then as well is how the kind of bourgeois or capitalist critics of Marxism presented themselves. Then and today, they presented it as a matter of Marxism being uh, an idea that's outdated, you know, an idea that's had its day, that belonged in the 1800s, can't potentially have any relevance today at all, uh, a lot of these kind of figures will uh, want to say. Um, and that's particularly gained more ground since the collapse uh, of Stalinism as well, actually, uh, in the early 1990s. And we would disagree with those ideas. So how would we say that Marxism still has its power uh, today? Well, I think that um, any time that there's a big crisis within society, people are going to try and look to find answers uh, to that. But then the idea that something that was written 150 years ago or 80 years ago, you know, people's initial kind of reaction is like, you know, in no way can that um, kind of be useful for today because things are so uh, so different. And of course, like a lot of stuff has changed uh, since Marx was writing, including about um, kind of how workplaces are organised and what we might kind of superficially see as the working class and, and and those kinds of those kinds of things. And a lot of things have changed in the last eighty years since uh, Trotsky wrote this uh this pamphlet but i think that many of the problems that we face aren't new and are similar um to the those in the 1930s or when marx was writing and actually this idea is taken up by trotsky in the pamphlet and like to quote from it he says if the theory correctly estimates the course of development and foresees the future better than other theories it remains the most advanced theory of our time, be it even scores of years old. And I think that's really important because what Marx was kind of developing and what Marxists since then have like continued to develop is a method of analysing the world. Um, and so it might be that this or that thing has changed, but the, the general approach, the way that we understand things and ultimately the cause of our problems and the solution to our problems, I think, are um, are the same. You know, uh, I think that we can take a lot from what Trotsky was saying and what Marx was saying. So one of the things that's taken up um, as an example in by Trotsky is um, the issue of the New Deal that was carried out by Roosevelt. And some of the discussions really that happened around, around that are very similar to what are taking place today around like the stimulus packages in response to coronavirus, uh, you know, things like the furlough scheme in this country, but the need for the government and the state to step in to save jobs, to, um, you know, to kind of stop people just falling off a cliff edge. And we know that they're not doing that um, you know, for the benefit of us, you know, because they suddenly care about us, but it's about trying to save the economy um, from, you know, massive uh, depression um, or uh, or recession. Um, and some of the kind of the figures that are given in the pamphlet of like the huge amounts of money that are pumped into the economy in the 1930s are very similar um, although like today it's much bigger in terms of percentage of uh, GDP and things like that 
But I think um, the IMF, for example, estimates that already in 2020, um, countries have increased spending to the value of $11.7 trillion um, internationally. So there's like huge injection of money into the uh, into the economy. And we can see figures like um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who uh, talks about um, you know, a, a new deal or a green new deal, um, you know, the, and it was like raised around Jeremy Corbyn's program in this country, the idea that like trying to spend, increase in public spending, that that's going to be the way for us to kind of improve capitalism or to live in, uh, in a better world. So that's kind of interesting that those debates are very similar um, to, to today. But also this idea that's like put forward by Trotsky, um, that he calls the theory of increasing misery. And this is like kind of counterposing the idea that's put forward by kind of uh, by reformists, by liberals, um, you know, by uh, people that kind of don't want to change the system, that things are generally getting better, that like capitalism will kind of sort things out itself. And if we can change this thing or that thing, then eventually there will be kind of slow, progressive uh, change in a positive um, direction. And um, this was like something that was put forward, um, you know, uh, at the time that uh, Trotsky um, was was writing and before. But also it was something that came up um, in the in the period that Tom was referring to, like after the collapse of Stalinism, where you had this idea that, you know, the ideas like Marxism were completely outdated, that capitalism had solved its problems, that they'd uh, ended boom and bust, all of these kinds of things, and that things were just going to keep getting better and better from uh, from here on. And that was kind of questioned, uh, to say uh, the least, um, at the time of the 2008 economic crisis where suddenly people were talking about Marx again and Marx was right and I think that that, like the experience of the last 10 years has kind of um, just reinforced that and many more people are looking towards Marx and what he uh, what he said in Marxist um, ideas and um, you can like look at this kind of idea that um, you know things are not getting better (laughs) you know we can see that 2020 is not a sign that things are getting better generally um, if we just kind of leave things to to their own accord and actually that um, we need to change the system, that capitalism is actually going to mean that things are getting worse, not better, um, you know, in, in this period of, uh, of, uh, of crisis. Yeah, I think Becky's raised loads of really important points there, actually. And there's other ways, actually, where uh, Marx's ideas probably come into kind of even more relevance than when Trotsky was writing. And I think the climate crisis and the discussions that are had around Marxism in the climate movement are a good example of that. That the kind of productivist support of industrial development that some figures in the climate movement see in Marxism is incompatible with sustainable development, but actually uh, concern for the environment runs through Marx's writings really this idea of the metabolic rift that he talks about between capitalism and the natural world. You hear a lot of discussion, for instance, about externalities not being accounted for by big business, but the fact that they see them as externalities uh, 
that they can afford to ignore in the first place is part of the problem, of course. And this point that Trotsky makes that Becky quoted, that if the theory explains things best, if it predicts them the most clearly and that kind of thing, that it's the most advanced theory we have, even if it's old, I think is very relevant here. It clearly applies in examples like this, especially when you think about how we have to change things. We can see, of course, as Marxists, it's, it's, it's businesses that are, you know, huge businesses and corporations that are the problem, the ones that are churning out the vast majority of fossil fuels that we're seeing at the moment. At, you know, this point that we've got less than 10 years now to fix the problem has been repeated time and time again, but we're seeing governments, for instance, in an effort to stimulate the economy in this crisis, pouring money into fossil fuel companies, for instance, and, um, you know, how do we solve that? Can we maintain capitalism and just invest in more kind of stimulus, in more kind of green packages and that kind of thing within the broader context of the system? Well, I think, you know, on a Marxist kind of standpoint, we'd have to say no, uh, but we can kind of explain why and uh, really get to the root of the problem. I think that's definitely true, um, particularly in how, you know, the ideas of Marxism themselves provide a lot of uh, relevance for understanding, you know, the, the scale of the climate crisis, you know, the tasks that uh, we need to complete in order to uh, address it. But just to kind of return to that idea of Marxism being outdated, I mean, th that idea is obviously kind of taking the form of, uh, of, of, of figures saying that, well, you know, Marx wrote from the 1840s right up until the 1880s so by definition it can't be relevant um, for us today and it's not just figures uh, that are explicitly on the right that will say things uh, to this effect i mean you'll even see some figures who would see themselves as being on the left uh, that would uh, say that uh, unfortunately and um, i mean it, it, it is obviously true that trotsky was writing this work marxism in our time in a period when a lot of time had already passed since the death of Marx, uh, a lot had changed in the world. You know, the world that Trotsky was writing about was very, you know, radically different to the one Marx wrote about. But what Trotsky, I think, understood very well was that fundamentally this has to be seen in terms of the method that Marx used, you know, the method he used in analysing society and particularly analysing society in terms of uh, the, the conflict between classes uh, as, as the kind of motor force behind the emergence of all the different kind of crises that capitalism throws up, but also the need for socialism to create a world without class exploitation um, and without, uh, well, actually without class uh, altogether, which is maybe something we can uh, get into a little bit more uh, later on. But again, these ideas about Marxism not being relevant were clearly floated by, you know, the likes of Tony Blair, the likes of Gordon Brown um, through the 1990s and 2000s. And one thing that a lot of us would remember was when Gordon Brown was saying at the time of the Blair government that he wanted to end boom and bust, you know, this, this kind of constant cycle of new economic crises, of new recessions, of economic depressions and slumps uh, driven by capitalism. And obviously th that those ideas have really backfired in terms of the course of events, not just over the last year, but, you know, over, over, uh, over the last uh, decades. And I think another thing to really bear in mind is how a lot of the ideas 
that are presented as you know new ideas modern ideas as opposed to old-fashioned marxism just as uh, old as anything uh, one example would be you know this idea that capitalism can be kept afloat by state spending and by uh, and, and, by, and by borrowing and pumping money into the capitalist economy to keep it afloat well that those ideas today are just basically a, a poorer rehashing of the ideas of, uh, of Keynesianism from the 1920s. And I guess this brings us on to another question that maybe Becky can go into again. I mean, a lot of the issues that we're talking about here, you know, issues about crisis, about unemployment, imperialist tensions and so on, uh, have come back to focus a lot uh, in recent years. So how is it that the ideas uh, contained in Marxism in our time can uh, begin to answer these problems? I think it's um, significant in Marxism in our time that Trotsky spends a bit of time talking about the labour theory of value, that the idea that it's the working class that produces the wealth in society, that exploitation is fundamental to capitalist production and that this is what causes inequality. I'm making the point that no matter how you reform capitalism, these things are still going to exist. There will be no final crisis within capitalism that capitalism will not solve its inherent problems, that we need to change the system completely. I think those ideas are incredibly relevant. And I think particularly when we're looking at coming out of the coronavirus uh, crisis, what you know many people are asking the question of like what can we do better and the ideas of like going back to normal but what did that mean because for most people normal meant not being able to afford to pay your bills or your rent or um facing sexism or racism or uncertainty or being worried about you know the planet not surviving (laughs) um the next uh, 100 years Um, And so this idea of we don't want to go back to normal, that we want something better, I think um, is completely relevant to the sorts of things that Trotsky is raising. Because at that time, the whole world was in crisis and people were looking at capitalism being a system that meant exploitation, that meant poverty, that meant war. um, And we're looking to alternative ideas. And Trotsky takes up this idea in, in the pamphlet where... He's talking about kind of people that want to bring back yesterday. He like refers to it and that these kind of ideas that we're in crisis now, so we need to go back to how it was before. But he's um, referring to this kind of, you know, it is something that's never going to be achieved because what they want isn't possible. What they want, this idea of like peace under capitalism, of everybody being kind of equal under capitalism is never gonna exist and he refers to a a leading American scientist that kind of compared this to you know security could be achieved only by returning to the happy amoeba or failing this to the contented swine and I feel I when I read that I kind of it made me laugh and I thought well yeah this kind of does sum up um this you know this kind of um attempt to achieve something that isn't isn't possible I thought also when Trotsky's talking about the New Deal, that how 
despite how much money went into it, it had very little effect really on the lives of the working class because the jobs that were created were very poorly paid. They were very insecure. You know, they were temporary jobs um, and so on, but it had such a big impact on the national debt of the country. And I think that this kind of has a lot of relevance to today of how the world is dealing with the impacts of coronavirus and um, you know the amount of money that's being spent on furlough schemes and so on which you know really it's not enough for people to survive on but it's make you know it's having a big impact on the country and who's going to pay for this in the future you know the, the working class is going to be asked to pay for this and this will just continue and continue in coming decades unless we change uh, change the system and also that Trotsky is referring to the US at the time had 6% of the world's population, but held 40% of the world's wealth. And we can look at, you know, how that's got um, even worse <laughs> since, since then, that in 2017, it came out that eight men own the same wealth as 3.6 billion people uh, internationally. And, you know, just the, the way, the, the conclusion that Trotsky draws from all of this which was, you know, the same conclusion that we have drawn as socialist alternative is that capitalism is crisis and that we need a different way of running society. We need a socialist way of running society. So he finishes by talking about the need for a planned, bold economy. And I think that the current crisis that we're in kind of highlights more than ever the need for planning um, and the need for kind of an, an international answer to, to capitalism. Um, and But what he kind of concludes from this and what Marx concluded is that this isn't going to happen automatically. You know, we're not going to get system change automatically or by just hoping it to be so, that we need to organise, that we need to have a revolutionary party like Socialist Alternative, that we need to fight and struggle, but have a programme for change and a strategy uh, for change. And I think that that is an idea that's kind of being discussed and debated at the minute. We're seeing many movements globally where the idea of organisation and political programme isn't featuring. And that's, uh, I think, something that, you know, socialists will be raising through these protest movements over the next year um, or years and, you know, trying to organise uh, for, that, for that change. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Revolutionary Ideas. Once again, make sure you get your hands on a copy before we sell out. Just click on the form in the description or in the caption and we'll be in touch. If you like what you hear and you want to join the struggle for socialism, please get in touch with us and join today. Our website is socialistalternative.net. On Facebook, it is Socialist Alternative, ISA, England, Wales and Scotland. On Instagram, we are socialistalternative.ews. On Twitter, socialistaltews. And last but not least, on TikTok, we are socialist underscore vids. Thanks, and see you next time.